when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Raider Nation, and welcome to Just Pod Baby with your host, Evan Grote, your home for Raiders news, notes, and information. You can follow me on Twitter at egrote 5 and as always, you can check out more of my work over at silverandblackpride.com. Don't forget, Just Pod Baby is now a part of the Silver and Black Pride podcast network, so be sure to subscribe and make sure you give the network a listen. It's going to be a solo show tonight. I have no guests lined up for you, but that's okay. We've got plenty of news to uh, catch up on, and including two preseason games that uh, I will be breaking down later on in the show, and I want to update us on where we stand in some of these training camp battles as we are now pre, uh, two weeks into the preseason. We start the show off tonight with more Antonio Brown talk. If you tuned into last week's show, uh, you heard uh, Dieter Kurtenbach and I discuss the Antonio Brown drama uh, surrounding his his injury with his feet, as well as the the helmet um, issue that he was having. Well, what a difference a week makes. Seven days ago, there were reports of a possible rift between Brown and the and the organization you know, surrounding his unhappiness with this, with this helmet. Um, there were reports that AB was threatening to retire over the issue, and obviously that's been well documented by now, so I don't want to uh, continue to beat a dead horse. Um Brown did file a grievance with the league last week. I touched upon that. <clears throat> it was reported this week that he did lose that appeal with the league. Um, apparently, Brown has now decided that enough is enough, and he did report to camp uh, this week. I believe it was Wednesday. Um, and he even traveled with the team uh, to Arizona for the Week 2 preseason game versus the Cardinals. More importantly, he worked out on the field, fully equipped with a helmet, I might add, and he was running routes, uh, catching balls from Derek Carr, and he looked very good while doing it. I'm sure many of you have already seen the clips that were online or that were posted to Twitter. So it appears that all is right now again in Raider Nation. After after guys like myself were kind of uh, beginning to hit the panic button, it seems that uh, things are now kind of uh, settling in, and, and it seems as if Antonio Brown is good to go. The team did have a walkthrough practice today, and uh, beat writers uh, reported on Twitter that Brown was a full participant. So it does appear he is 100% back with the team now. Now whether his feet are 100% healed, uh, you know that I, I doubt that is the case. But it does appear that he is healthy enough now to practice with the team, and I fully expect him to be active in Week One versus the Denver Broncos. Derek Carr did meet with the uh, media today um, during practice or after practice, I should say, and. Um, I'm going to play you a clip of uh, some of what he had to say about having Antonio Brown back on the field. Do you see any anything that at this point would hold Antonio Brown back from, from practicing full? I, I do not. He was he did everything with us just now, and uh, the man's recall is unbelievable. He came in and no mental errors, 
you know, in, in this offense, that's not easy to do, especially, you know, whenever you, whenever you have a day off, even just as a player, you come back and you're like, you got you got to stay on his on Coach Gruden's offense all the time, and you could tell Antonio's been studying because he came out and didn't miss a beat. Was he out there in eleven on eleven and seven on seven, and ever received? Yeah, whatever whatever we did today, he was a part of it, um, a part of everything that we did today. How is that for you to feel like you have this big piece, you know, finally on the field? Yeah, you know, I can get to all my checks and do all that kind of stuff like I'll do during the season, um, you know, and then I have, you know, the big, you know, Tyrell and Waller and. Uh, you know our running backs and Antonio, they're all one on one. Who do you, what do you do? Who do you go to? And you know, those are, those are, those, that's the mental game we're going to have to play. You know, me and Coach Gruden and uh, talking about that beforehand. But um, it's nice to have him, and I can you know play it like a real game. Um, you know, and where I, what, where I go and what I do. It sounds like Derek Carr is very happy to have, finally have his number one wide receiver back. And if you were at all concerned about Carr and Brown missing crucial time together in, in training camp. Uh, They're still going to have plenty of opportunities in the upcoming weeks here uh, before week one to continue to develop uh, their chemistry. So I I don't think that's an issue. Now, in regards to Brown's continued search for, uh, you know, the the, the model of helmet he has worn throughout his his career, that the shut air advantage helmet, uh, he, he was told by the league he needed to find one that was less than 10 years old and that it would have to be uh, recertified or, or tested under the NFL's safety guidelines. If you follow Pro Football Talk on Twitter, they tweeted today that uh, Brown did, in fact, find several different um, models uh, that he wanted, the Air Advantage, that were less than 10 years old, including one from 2014. He did send the helmet to the league for testing, and he was informed today that the helmet failed. So I don't know where that that currently leaves Brown in, in his search for, for the helmet that he prefers to wear. But it's beginning to seem more and more likely um, that the NFL, um, you know, uh, is not going to budge on this and, and that Brown may just have to suck it up and, and play um, in a new newer model helmet. That's going to um, wrap it up for the first segment of the show. Up next is headlines. Blue 42, Blue 42, set, hey! Headline number one, Denzel Good was removed from the pup list today and returned to practice. Good participated in walkthroughs today, taking part in about 25 snaps. Coach Gruden said that the plan uh, is to ease him back into, you know, ease him back into it. He uh, also did say that you know they're planning to have him uh, begin participating in the indie portion of practices. So that's great news, uh, and it comes at a great time for the Raiders' offensive line. We all know that Gabe Jackson suffered an MCL injury that will likely sideline him uh, for six to eight weeks. Uh, he could be placed on the pup list. We're not quite sure yet, or I'm sorry, the uh, the IR, I should say. Um, you know, with with the injury to Gabe Jackson and the two game suspension to Richie Incognito, um, it's nice to have some some other options available should they need one. Headline number two: Don't expect to see many starters uh, take the field in Week Three of the preseason or possibly the remainder uh, of the preseason. Again, Coach Gruden did meet with the media today and. He said that, you know, you probably won't see many of what he referred to as his high-end starters um, the rest of the preseason. He also did mention, um, and it appears to be, you know, 
some concern to the coaching staff. Um, he, he mentioned the that the team was looking into the playing surface. As you know, this week's uh, Week 3 game will be played in Winnipeg up in Canada. Um, and so I guess there's some concern um, on the surface of the field. And I'm not sure if it's turf or grass or whatnot, but uh, apparently it's an issue. Now, normally Week 3 of the preseason is known as the dress rehearsal game, so I was fully expecting to see the starters for maybe a half. Uh, but apparently, you know, Gruden uh, is going to play it safe, and, and he feels that I guess he has kind of seen enough um, from his from his starters and, um, you know, he, he's going to try to keep them off the field as much as he can. Headline number three, the Raiders uh, re-signed center guard Cameron Hunt. Uh, Hunt was spent the offseason program with the Raiders as well as the final three games of the 2018 season. Again, with the injury to Gabe Jackson and, and the suspension with Richie Incognito, um, you know, this was pretty much a, a, a depth signing. Um, they're looking to add some depth there at the position again, um, and and I really believe that it's possible that they're they're not finished yet. Um, I, I would expect maybe even Mike Mack to to explore some possible trade options, or uh, when when uh, rosters are cut down, you know, there could be some players available that the Raiders uh, would like to take a look at. Headline number four. After already losing one beat writer, uh, Matt Schneidman, in the offseason, who is now covering the Green Bay Packers for The Athletic, uh, Michael Gelkin announced on Twitter today that he will no longer be covering the beat for the Raiders, and, and he's now going to be covering uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Gelkin, uh, if you recall, is a former guest on the podcast, and he was a great guest at that. And he was one of my go-to guys uh, on Twitter for, for Raiders News, which is, I'm sure, was the case for many of you. I, I always appreciated Michael's work and um, you know his, his uh, professionalism. Raider Nation is is, is going to be sad to see uh, Michael go, but we wish him luck um, in Dallas. We're going to take a quick break, and and when I return, um, I'm going to be breaking down the first two weeks of preseason and and, and give an update um, on some position battles uh, with two preseason games remaining on the schedule. They say not to look into the preseason records too much, but I think that for a team in a real rebuilding mode like the the Raiders, it doesn't hurt, you know, to to go out there and start two and zero. I think anything positive to build on is a good thing for a young team like the Raiders. In Week One, we didn't see many of the starters on either side of the ball, especially on offense. Though um, Mike Glennon got the start at quarterback. Uh, and he played the entire first half. Nathan Peterman uh, relieved him, and he and he finished out the game playing playing um, the entire second half versus the Rams. Uh, and but we'll get more um, you know into those two specifically um, in just a moment. Some of the standout performances that I do want to discuss in in Week One versus the Rams include uh, DeAndre Washington, who carried the ball six times for 24 yards and caught two of his three targets for 20 21 yards. Um, and, and Washington also added a touchdown. He would he was definitely my offensive MVP if I had to choose one. There's also the feel good story um, that we've been following. It was um, talked about on last week's edition of uh, Hard Knocks on HBO, and that and that's Keelan Doss, uh, the undrafted free agent who we all know grew up right there in Alameda. Um, he caught two passes uh, against the Rams, and and one of them 
uh, for a touchdown, which is a really great moment for him. I know that he had a lot of family and friends out there for the game, so it, it you know it's a good story, um, and he he seems to be you know doing very well with this opportunity that he was he he's been given. On defense, we saw uh, many of the rookies and 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 some of the younger players, some of the second year guys. You know, get a lot of snaps, and, and and the early report seems to be that these these rookies and you know they look like they belong. They really do. Um, Jonathan Abram wasted no time getting involved. He uh, his first play on defense, he got right in there and made a tackle. Uh, Cleveland Farrell is showing off. You know, the high engine that he has, uh, his ability against the run, some of his pass rushing ability. Um, and one other thing that I want to point out about Farrell is I, I really like what I'm seeing from uh, defensive coordinator Paul Gunther and, and, and how he's kind of uh, using Farrell right now. And, you know, I know the preseason is a time where you, you want to try out some new things, some new lineups and rotations and whatnot. But um, what I was seeing uh, from Gunther in his usage with Farrell is on third downs, uh, he was moving Farrell inside to tackle um, along with uh, along with Maurice Hurst, and he, they would bring in uh, Arden Key and and Max Crosby as kind of your your third down specialist pass rushers. And and so um, I actually tweeted about this. This kind of reminds me of back when the Giants uh, won the Super Bowl uh, the first time they beat the Patriots. I believe it was two thousand and. I think it was, but they had that uh, defensive line uh, rotation. They would call it their NASCAR package. They'd bring out their speed pass rushers. They would move. Uh, I think it was Justin Tuck. They'd move him inside to tackle. So that kind of um, kind of reminds me of that, and I, and I kind of like that so far. What I'm seeing um, from from that from that group there. Speaking of Crosby and Key, they both have looked really good as well. Uh, Crosby did break his hand in the game, and if you again, if you watched Hard Knocks last week, which I'm sure all of you did, um, you you kind of saw how all that happened, and, and you, you saw that he did finish the game and, and continue to play with that hand that was uh, wrapped up in a, in a cast. Uh, he did have surgery on the hand this week, but um, you know it shouldn't be any issues for him. He should be able to, you know, he'll be ready for Week One, and he should be able to play through the injury. That's something that you've seen players. Uh, play with a, a cast on their hand um, many times. Um, Arden Key, he notched a sack in the game, which was really nice to see because uh, we all know, uh, I think Arden Key probably led the league in, in almost sacks last year. So it was nice to see him finally get home early in the, you know, early in the preseason, um, get him some confidence. And, you know, he, he appears that he is primed for, a, you know, to take that second year jump which we really need on defense. The Raiders really need that. Uh, Anthony Rush is another player that I do want to mention briefly. Not a guy that I was really aware of um, until the game, to be honest with you. Big, real big man, 340-pound defensive tackle. He had a very solid game. He kept showing up on film. I went back and watched watched the game a couple times, and I was really focusing in on him. And uh, he, he's someone to keep an eye on. You know, in the final two weeks of the preseason, he didn't really show up a whole lot uh, against the Cardinals, but I'm hoping we're going to see plenty of him now in the final two weeks. AJ Punter, uh, AJ Cole, excuse me, is uh, another player that I I do want to mention, and he he has officially won the the punter's job. The Raiders released Johnny Townsend this week. 
after a rookie year in which he really struggled badly, and apparently he he wasn't really showing the coaches enough um, in training camp. Everything I've been reading on Cole, he has been extremely impressive. Gruden compared him to some of the Raiders' former punters like Shane Leckler, uh, who we all know is was one of the all-time greats, and uh, even mentioning Marquette King. So um, Cole being held in, in very high regard. Um, he's also, one other thing that I think has really helped Cole's cause is that he has shown the ability to also kick off. If you watch the first preseason game against the Rams, he, he was kicking the ball off. So that, that really helps his cause. And I think it's great that he's able to ha- have that versatility because you never know a player goes down with an injury. Um, Daniel Carlson, for some reason, can't can't kick off, whatever. You never know what could happen. You know, you have an emergency plan in place. So I'm excited to see um, A.J. Cole as the team's new punter. And we all know that was a major issue for the Raiders last year. Field position. Many times the defense was put in terrible spots because uh, of of the opposing team's you know starting field position. So that should change this year. In the Week 2 game... On the road in Arizona, the Raiders starters did get did get some reps. We did see, um, you know, most of the starters uh, on offense only played in one series, um, which resulted in an opening drive touchdown, which was a 13-yard pass uh, from Derek Carr to Ryan Grant. Carr looked very sharp, only threw two passes, I believe, but they were both completed. One of them was a uh, kind of like a uh, go route, kind of fade route to uh, Tyrell Williams when. Williams went up and kind of high-pointed the ball, so that was nice to see those two hook up. Josh Jacobs showed off some of his vision and speed and power uh, with four carries, picking up 21 yards. Rico Gafford had the play of the game, in my opinion, where he uh, hauled in uh, a 53-yard touchdown uh, reception from Mike Glennon, and Gafford is kind of right in the in the mix for uh, one of those final wide receiver positions, which I'll touch on in just a moment. Uh, the Raiders quarterbacks looked really good in this game. I know Gruden had to be happy about that. They were a combined 21 of 24 for 250 yards passing with three touchdowns. Uh, so that that's really impressive. I don't care if it's a preseason game or not. Uh, anytime you can go 21 of 24 uh, for three touchdowns and no picks, I think that's that's uh, you know that's going to make your coach real happy. Defensively, the Raiders looked really good as well. Which you know, I was I was very happy to see based on uh, the conversation that I had last week with Dieter Kurtenbach, where he was uh, there for joint practices, and he said the Raiders' defense looked horrible, and you know he was he was willing to risk big money on the Raiders being uh, the worst defense in the league. So I was very uh, very happy to see that the defense was uh, you know was was competitive, and so that's a good sign. LaMarcus Joyner, who was obviously picked up this offseason in free agency, led the way. He was all over the place, had a sack, which resulted in a safety. And Paul Gunther showed some different blitz packages, which I thought was really nice to see. I I, I like it when your D coordinator is aggressive, and um, especially against a rookie quarterback like Kyler Murray, showing some different looks, which was nice to see. Uh, mentioning Kyler Murray there, he had a very good debut in Week 1, I saw all of his throws. I went back and watched some tape on him, and I thought he looked real good uh, in his Week 1 game. But it was a totally different story against the Raiders. He looked every bit um, the part of a rookie. Again, I mentioned Gunther 
a few, uh, one or two of the series, putting really applied some pressure to Murray, and and um, it definitely affected him. His final stat line was three of eight passing for twelve yards, and he and he was sacked twice. I do believe I think Murray played uh, in the starters. They were in there for three or four series. I don't think that was the plan, but again, they weren't able to establish any kind of rhythm on offense. So I think uh, Kingsbury left them in there a little bit longer just so that they could you know, get some sort of continuity going, but really they were never able to establish any kind of control. I would say that right now, overall, you know, the Raiders, like I said, are 2-0. and I would say the vibes are pretty good right now. And again, I know it's the preseason. I don't, I don't want to look too much into it, but again, I do think it's important for a young team to, to have some positive things to build off of. And there's still plenty of work to be done. We all know that. But I do see some good things. I see some some um, positives from the rookies, a lot of the young players. I think we see what Jacobs can do. We, we've seen Abrams flash. He, you know, he's been a big talker. He's been a big talker, but he, he seems to be backing it up pretty good right now in some of the limited time that he he has had. Uh, I think you, you see what, what Max Crosby can bring to the table. I think that Cleveland Farrell is showing you why he was the Raiders' top pick. So I am like what I'm seeing from some of the rookies, from the, some of the second-year guys. Uh, P.J. Hall has shown up a little bit. Maurice Hurst, again, Arden Key uh, picked up a sack. So there's been some very positive things that we're, we've seen um, you know, so far, we, we've seen some depth along the defensive line, which is great. And I think the backup quarterbacks are playing well. And there there are some serious competitions going on right now for from jobs. Now, speaking of some of those competition battles um, and some of those jobs that are, are you know being fought for right now, I think I, I do want to discuss three of what I consider to be the uh, most intriguing battles going on right now on the roster and, and they're they're all on offense I think the quarterback the backup quarterback position uh, the wide receiver uh, and and at running back I think those are three really intriguing battles and I want to start with the backup quarterback job uh, Mike Glennon and, and Nathan Peterman are, are not making this easy on on John Gruden to make a decision I, I and I you know to be honest with you on paper going into the training camp I thought that this backup quarterback situation uh, was one of the worst that the Raiders have had in recent years. So I wasn't very confident um, personally, but after seeing the first two preseason games, I've been very impressed with both Glennon and Peterman. Um, Glennon has gotten the start in both weeks, one and two, and he's he's played the entire first half in both games. Um, he, he's definitely showed reasons why he was a former starter in the league, He's got a very big arm. He, he's a big guy. He's tall. I think he's like six six. You know, he's got the the ability to stand tall in the pocket and and you know he command the offense. He did have those two costly interceptions uh, in week one versus the Rams. I know one of them was in the red zones, and, and that's never going to help you uh, in your in your case to make the team. But I, I think overall, he he's definitely shown enough. Um, in my opinion, I think you know he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, likewise, Nathan Peterman has also been very steady, and he's he's um, shown that he has the ability to to move the offense. And I know Gruden praised him after the Week Two game versus the Cardinals for you know uh, going into the game with a big lead and, and keep that clock moving and, and making sure that um, you know 
the Cardinals weren't able to kind of uh, come back and win that game. Uh, again, going back to the Rams game, Peterman showed off some of that athleticism that we've been hearing Gruden talk a lot about in, in his press conferences. Peterman took off for that that fifty yard run there, and uh, you know that that's he, he seems to um, you know I'm, I'm seeing them run a lot of that that RPO or kind of uh, plays. I guess it's not so much read option, but more so RPO. And, and Peterman seems to be running that very well. You know, and you gotta you gotta um, account for his ability to run because he does seem to be very athletic. Now, where Peterman doesn't overly impress me is is throwing the ball. And I think when you look at his numbers from a percentage standpoint, they you know he's he's taking care of the ball. Let's be honest, he's he's completing passes. But I just think um, Glennon seems to be more willing to try to push the ball downfield. And um, so, you know, I, I said it after week one. I, I felt that Glennon would, would win the job. I think based on what I saw in, in week one, I, I, I thought Glennon would win the job. And I, and I continue to feel that way after, after two preseason, preseason games. Um, the next question I, I think we should be asking is, does Gruden carry two or three quarterbacks? You know, um, I, I believe last year, if I recall correctly, last year he went with just two. It was Carr and McCarron. Uh, so there's a very high likelihood that whoever loses the backup job will not be on the 53, 53-man roster. Now, the most competitive battle currently going on in the roster has to be at wide receiver. I mean, this has been fun to watch, and this one's definitely going to go down to the wire um, as I said, it's been very fun to watch you know, how this thing has played out so far, and, and the competition has really raised the level of play for these guys. It seems like they're really, um, you know, they're all making plays, and, um, you know, it's going to be a, another very difficult decision for Gruden and Mayock. I think it's safe to say that we know there's at least three or four players at the position that are, are locks to make the roster. That's, that's Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams. I'm going to say Hunter Renfro, okay? Um, you know, he's a rookie. They, they traded up to get him. There's no way they're going to cut him. He's he's showed flashes. Uh, you've heard them giving him high praise, so he's a lock to make the team. And I'm going to throw Dwayne Harris in there, although Harris is more of a special teamer. Um, he doesn't play very much as a wide receiver. You know, you, you have to kind of lump him in you know, taking a, a wide receiver spot. So you have four names right there. Um, you know, and, and again, how many wide receivers will Gruden and Mayock choose to carry, I think is the question um, that you need to you need to figure out the answer to. Is it five? Is it six? I actually posed this question on Twitter, and most of my followers who responded thought six was probably going to be the number. And, and I would have to agree with that, uh, that at this point. Um you know, meaning that I'd have to find two names to add to my list of the four locks that I currently already have. Um, Marcel Aitman, J.J. Nelson, Ryan Grant, Keon Hatcher, Rico Gafford, and Keelan Doss are your top choices. I may be missing one. I think Pearson L. would, would be another candidate for that. Um, but again, I think those those guys make up your your top candidates, and they've all made plays. Like uh, they all they've all made plays in the preseason. The two players that I have been hearing the most about, if you read the press conferences, if you, you know, or listen to them, and you follow all of that, I, I would have to say it's it's Doss and Grant. Um, 
And early in camp, you were hearing a lot about J.J. Nelson, but he did miss the second preseason game against the Cardinals with a with an ankle injury. So, um, you know, take that for what that's worth. Um, as of right now, if I had to kind of take a couple names off that list, uh, kind of like a process of elimination, I would say I don't think Hatcher or Gafford make make the roster. Despite Gafford making that big play on Thursday, Thursday night, um, you know, Hatcher has shown the the ability now for two consecutive preseasons that he's definitely deserving to make the roster, but I, I just don't think he has the experience of a J.J. Nelson or Ryan Grant, and I don't think he has the upside of a guy like Keelan Doss. So I kind of think that, that, that because of that, um, it kind of puts him behind those three uh, in the pecking order. Marcel Aitman is a guy who I do like, um, big-bodied receiver, but I just don't know. He he lacks the long speed that you look for in a receiver. I don't know if he does anything really well. You know, I think he's good at several things, but he's not great at anything really. Um, so I, I just don't know if that's enough to get him on the roster. I, he was a guy who was on the practice squad last year. He did pick up some game experience when he was brought up to the the active roster uh, during the 2018 season. Uh, again, if I had to make a prediction right now, if if you were going to uh, have me make a predic- prediction right now, I would say uh, the final two spots, uh, if if they do keep six, would go to uh, J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant. And that's, that's purely based on experience. Uh, Doss might be a guy that Gruden may try to stash on that practice squad if he's not picked up by another team. Um, but I think he's been getting a lot of publicity uh, through through uh, hard knocks, and you know he's 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 making some plays in the preseason. So there's definitely going to be some other teams out there, and their scouting departments are probably taking note of a guy like Keelan Doss. Now, this could certainly change if Doss goes out there and has two more impressive uh, preseason games and, and maybe Nelson continues to be nagged by that ankle injury. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Doss could definitely play himself into a job. Uh, the final position that I want to discuss is uh, the running back battle, and, and that's also shaping up to be a very interesting one. You know, going into the training camp, I thought it was going to be DeAndre Washington versus Chris Warren the third for that final spot, but as we know, Warren reported to training camp a bit overweight, and that did not please his head coach, and uh, he was he was cut. Um, so you know that that kind of changes things now. And after a strong showing in two preseason games um, from DeAndre Washington, I'm starting to think maybe. Okay, maybe it's Doug Martin who's on the hot seat. And you kind of got to hear me out a little bit on that one. Uh, Rookie Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard are are my locks to make the roster. So that leaves, you know, one, maybe two spots for another running back. And that's not including fullbacks on my my list here. Again, it comes down to how many do they they, uh, decide to go with. If it's four, then obviously Washington and Martin are both safe. Should they decide to maybe keep an extra wide receiver or an extra offensive lineman, and you know, until um, Incognito comes back or you know, whatever the position may be, they may decide to go a little heavy at another position and, and roll a little thin at running back. 
Um, so that could that could you know complicate things. Washington has been very impressive so far. You know, showing dual threat ability as both a runner um, and and a pass catcher. And you know that's something Gruden really likes out of his backs. You know, Martin is definitely the bigger, a more physical runner. He obviously has, um, you know, more of a track record in in, in the league. Um, and he played well in Marshawn Lynch's absence last year. Um, but but keep in mind, don't forget this. This is my reason why I think that Martin could be on the hot seat. Don't forget that the Raiders opted not to re-sign Martin. Um, in the offseason. Instead, they went after Isaiah Crowell, and it wasn't until after Crowell tore his Achilles that they brought back Doug Martin. So I'm just not sure that Gruden is completely sold on Martin, um, but it's, it's you know, something to keep an eye on, and also something that definitely benefits Washington and is in his favor is his ability on special teams. I've, I've I know in in past years he's been a guy who has been a a, a key well, I don't know about key but a definitely um, a contributor on special teams. James Butler and and Mac Brown are you know camp bodies. I I would be completely shocked if either one of them were to make the team. I do want to touch on fullback for a moment. I am completely sold on undrafted free agent Alex Ingold. I I, I like what I've seen from him. I was never really a big fan of Keith Smith, to be completely honest with you. Um, I saw too many missed assignments or, or you know dropped balls from him last year. Um, I know he was a big fan favorite of uh, Rich Basaccia when he came over from from Dallas, but I think that I think that Ingold makes this team, and I think that Smith um, will find himself looking for a new job. I think when you combine the injury. Um, that Smith had, and you know the time that he's missed so far in camp, combined with what Ingold has shown as a blocker, he's shown the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think the edge goes to Ingold. He's younger, um, he's less expensive, and and you know what? Don't forget, he's also shown ability on special teams, which I think definitely helps his cause. So there you have it. Those are some of my thoughts on the preseason and some of the position battles uh, that were, you know, that are still up for grabs. When we come back from this quick break, I will be wrapping up uh, this week's episode. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Just Pod Baby. And don't forget, Hard Knocks Tuesday night, episode three, the return of Antonio Brown. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And don't forget. Thursday night, uh, the Raiders take on the Green Bay Packers Week 3 preseason. That game's uh, being played in Winnipeg, and it's set to kick off at 8 o'clock. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, listening to the show. I appreciate all the support. If you have any feedback for me, please, uh, you know, don't be afraid to uh, hit me up on Twitter, leave some feedback, uh, rating, rate rate the show. Uh, You know, I'm always looking for ways to improve. I hope everyone has a great week and go Raiders.